may be seated. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Come on, better. Got something important to share with y'all. Turn your. Uh, I want you to turn your Bibles to Ephesians, first chapter, verses twenty and twenty-one. I didn't have it marked. So y'all bear with me for a second. which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Beloved, it is wonderful to see all of you this morning. Visitors, we appreciate you, our uh, honored guests, and we're so very grateful you're here with us this morning. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful weather. I certainly am, and just a good time of the year, you know, to be alive, and and uh, appreciate everybody being here. Brother, we've, we've had a very special request to pray for this um, lady that visited with us last week with Yvonne. Her name's Kathy, and um, she's just been taken to the hospital. Um, so uh, don't know a lot about it yet, just yet, but, but let's do uh, go to God on her behalf at this time. Father, we do pray you be with Kathy. You know everything about this situation, and we just ask you to keep your loving arms around her and the situation there, and that, that you would guide the doctors and help them to be able to know what's going on, and that if it's in your will that you would give her your healing touch. Continue to bless us all this morning, Father, as we continue our worship to our glorious God, and it's in Christ's name we pray, and amen. Brethren, Jesus, that you, you, there's a song, um, I, I forget, uh, was it the Gaithers that wrote it years ago, Jesus, 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 there's something about that name. Uh, this is what I want to preach on this morning, because, you know, you ask, what's in a name? You, you ask that, you know, a, a lot, and there's a great deal, really, brothers and sisters, you know. Um, parents make, uh, uh, put a whole lot of thought in, in, in naming their newborns. We had some Friends in Tulsa, and they, uh, he had kind of an odd name, so he got a lot of teasing when he was growing up. And he said when they had their first child and was pregnant with him, they decided they were going to give that boy a name that nobody could make fun of at all. And they thought and thought and thought, and so they named him Haynes. And I'm telling you, three months after he's born, they come out with the Haynes pantyhose, you know. And so, uh, but... But we do try to be that way. There, there's a famous hog family that was in politics in the 20s and 30s in um, Louisiana, and the daddy named his two girls Ima and Yura. Uh, so what's in a name? Johnny Cash sang about a boy named Sue and how that really upset him, right? Brothers and sisters, Proverbs 22.1 says a good name is to be more desired than great riches. That's how important a, a, a good name is, okay? Certain names uh, cause us to react, right? I mean, just by hearing the name, um, such as father-in-law. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, uh, you know, uh, no, <clears throat> they, they bring forth a certain image, you know, either positive or negative. For those of us who love our country, the names George Washington and Thomas Jefferson hopefully would bring up visions of patriotism or pride. Um, Benedict Arnold. 
When we hear that name, we, we um, associate that with being a traitor. As a matter of fact, before Benedict Arnold did what he did, the, word, the name Benedict was quite a common name given to children. But after that, not so much. Robbie mentioned Adolf Hitler. When, they, when we just think of him, you know, we think of murderer, madman, very evil person, you know. You think of Mother Teresa, you hear that name, and that is synonymous with sacrificial service. And so, brethren, uh, we, you know, we, we do things in our uh, society and all over the world by the authority of or in the name of. You know, if uh, you used to watch your old police dramas, you know, they'd always say, stop in the name of the law, okay? That gave them authority. But the Bible tells us that there is a name that is, as we just read about, far above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Brethren, there's a name that is above every name, a name that his followers revere and his enemies detest. It is a name that causes angels to rejoice and demons to tremble. It is a name that brings comfort and hope to some and fear and agony to others. That is Jesus the Christ. We just read in Ephesians 1, 20 and 21 from Mr. Kyle about that name and that that is the name of Jesus and that it is the name that is above every other name. There is no other name that's ever existed in the history of this world or ever will that can come close to the name of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> in, in Psalms 135 verse 13, the Bible tells us there that his name shall endure forever. All of Christianity, brothers and sisters, has to do with the name of Christ. Did you understand? If you just went through a concordance and you look a complete concordance and you looked at all the times the name of Jesus was mentioned and, and the authority by which that name was given um, the, in the Psalms, the Bible says on a certain occasions to bless his name. We're to bless the name of Christ. The Psalms in Hebrews 13 also says that we are to praise his name. The Bible says we're to sing praises to his name. When we sing, we're singing to Christ, brothers and sisters. Our service to God, the Bible says, is in or through Christ's name. Jesus says in Matthew 19, verse 29, that when whatever we give up for my name's sake, as he said, you would receive back a hundredfold. Beloved, everything that we do is in the name of Jesus. Jesus said his disciples would be hated for my name's sake in Matthew 10, 22. And so he, the Bible says in 1 Peter 4, 14, so if you are reviled in the name of Christ, you are blessed. We are to pray in the name of Jesus, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit was sent in Jesus' name, the Bible tells us. In John 20, 30, and 31, eternal life is given to those who believe through or in his name. Salvation, the Bible says, is for those who believe in his name. The Bible says we are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, brethren, everything's in Christ's name. That's why the Bible says, then, therefore, let everyone who names the name of the Lord abstain from wickedness, 2 Timothy 2.19. And then the Bible says, 
in Colossians 3.17, and this is the, just sums it all up, that whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. We sing about that, don't we? Do all in the name of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, this name is so great and so powerful that the enemies of Christ understand and know the power of his name. Demons were cast out in the name of Jesus. They know who he are. He is, I should say. In Acts 19, verses 13 through 17, I'm showing my southern English. <clears throat> Y'all understood it too, didn't you? Yeah. Acts 19, verses 13 through 17. This is what the Bible says, okay? They were talking about people uh, being sick or ill and the diseases of the spirits would leave them at the hands of the apostles because they were doing it in Jesus' name. In verse 13 of our text says, but also some of the Jewish exorcists who, were, who went from place to place attempted to name over those who had the evil spirits by the name of Jesus, saying, I adjure you by the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Well, verse 14, there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest were doing this. The seven sons were trying to. And the evil spirit answered and said to them, I recognize Jesus. Brethren, even the demons know the Lord's name. I recognize Jesus and I know about Paul, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit <clears throat> leaped on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them so that they left the house naked and wounded. When you're going to get rid of a, you're going to get away from a demon, you better leave the house naked and wounded if you have to. Amen? This became known to both all, to both Jews and Greeks who lived in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them, and the name of the Lord was being magnified. Brothers and sisters, the enemies of Christ know his name better than some people that claim to know him as Christians. Okay? His own his own enemies know him well. James 2.19 tells us the demons also believe and they tremble or shudder, right? The enemies of Christ know the power of his name. That is why certain groups work diligently in our country and throughout the world constantly to get the name of Jesus out of everything that they can possibly do, every aspect of our society. Why are they so adamant about that? What is wrong with saying Christmas tree? One state just had to have a referendum, or one county, one county in a state had to have a referendum on that. You know, they don't want you to say Christ or Christmas or anything along that line. And in every aspect of our society, in schools, in, in you know, graduation, um, people have graduated in the head of their class and going to be valedictorian. There's many schools around telling them, you can't mention Jesus. Why not? There's been people in the military. I've known people when we were in Augusta, Georgia, in the military, that, that they made them really walk around the name of Jesus in certain uh, situations. It be, be it brothers and sisters in school or politics or in our laws, our courthouses, our history texts, uh, our workplaces, our public places, you know, they're all being sure that the name of Jesus is not Mention. Want to take the name of God off of our dollars? Want to take him out of our Pledge of Allegiance? They're just an ongoing effort by our Christ's enemies to eradicate him. Have you ever thought why that was the case? They fear him, brethren. 
You don't do all that for somebody you don't fear. If his name didn't mean anything, then why would they care? They, it means something. But to those who bear the name of Christ, Christian, if you're called Christian, I want you to know, does the name of Jesus cross your lips often? Beloved, answer that question. See, the heathen, they, they use the Lord's name in vain a lot. Does Jesus' name, do we speak him? Brethren, has our enemy, has Satan's schemes worked with us? Has Satan convinced you that religion is a personal and a private matter to be kept to yourself and not to be shared with others? Has Satan convinced you of that? How often do you speak the name of Jesus? Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If Jesus is really in your heart, isn't that what's going to come out? Or who's going to come out? First century Christians did not allow God's enemies to hinder them from sharing Jesus, did they? You see in Acts chapter 4, verses 7 through 12, um, if you'll turn there, and we're going to look at a few, few scriptures, okay? In Acts 4, they've, uh, Peter and the apostles have healed a, a lame man, and, um, and so they're asking them about that. The scribes and the Pharisees call them in, and they're really upset. And so in chapter 4, beginning in verse 7, when they placed them in the center they, in the, of, of their committee there, they began to inquire, listen to what they ask in verse 7, by what power or by what name have you done this? We want to know by what authority are you doing this? So Peter, verse 8, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we're on trial today for the benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to you and to all the people of the Israel, that the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which, which uh, was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And listen to this in verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Brethren, you're not going to be saved by the name of Allah or Confucius or any other name. There's only one in all of heaven that we can be saved by, and that's the name we need to be sharing. Okay? Now, look at uh, verses 18 through 20. Because they meet, they decide what to do with it. Obviously, the man's been healed. They don't know what to do. So when they summoned them, verse 18, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge, but we can not stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Brothers and sisters, I pray for that day for us. Don't you? What about us? The most wonderful name ever in this universe to be uttered by mankind. The name above all names. Are we ashamed or afraid or hesitant to share him with others? Why do we hesitate? Brethren, good news is to be shared and shared again. I pray that God will help us, his people today, in his church, not only in America but around the world. I pray God will help us to develop the same desire and determination to speak the name of Jesus as our first century brethren did. Amen? God made us 
like Jeremiah, brethren. We're humans, and you know what it says? If I say I will not remember him or speak anymore in his name, then my heart, in my heart it becomes like a burning fire shut up in my bones, Jeremiah 20 and 9. Beloved, do you have that fire in your bones? God's going to put it there, and we just got to do it. I pray the precious name of Jesus will always be in our hearts and on our lips and that we'll be anxious to share him with others. What should our response be, brethren? What should our attitude be towards the name of Jesus? If you look throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you will find over 100 names that identify Jesus. You say, why is that? Because, brethren, he's God in the flesh. He's God incarnate. How do you describe Almighty God in a few phrases? And he gives all kinds of different things that have each, of, each name, each title identifies a particular characteristic of Jesus, especially as it relates to us, to man. He's our good shepherd. He's a savior. He's the bread of life. He's the living water. He's the great physician. He's our all in all, the Bible says. And so what does this mean to us? If we truly understand it, brethren, what it means is that Jesus Christ fully meets every need we have. Everyone. And so we sing then, he is my everything, he is my all. He's my everything, both great and small. And that's the way it should be. But brethren, too often we want Christ in something else, right? Isn't that what we want? As if he is somehow insufficient. We want Christ in some of the world. We want Christ and other relationship that we place on an equal par with the Lord instead of putting him first in our life. We want, we want Christ, some people, only on Sunday morning or, or when they face a crisis. Others want him as a part-time gift giver and not a full-time Lord and Master. In 1 Corinthians 3, 21 and 22, we don't have it down here, but it talks about that, brethren, if you, if you have Christ, you have everything. You know, he said, we belong to God and God belongs to us. What else could we want? Let me read you what one commentator wrote, and I think it's really interesting and very, very, it goes right to the point of what we're talking about today in having the name of Jesus. He says, what a rich inheritance we have in Christ. We possess him that is all in all, is Colossians 3.11, and in possessing him, we possess all. He that has him that is all in all cannot want anything else. I, a believer, even the, poor, the poorest one outwardly, is in truth the richest man in the world. He has all in all. And what can be added to all? Good question, brethren. In Christ, we have a Savior's grace. We have a Father's love. We have an Advocate's mercy. We have a shepherd's tender care, a king's wealth, a, an heir's blessing, a prophet to teach us, a priest to atone for our sins, a sacrificial lamb to take away our sins. We have all that more so as the song we sing says sometime, what could I want beside? What could I want besides? Brethren, what else do we need if we have Jesus Christ? Our selfish desires hinder us from fully possessing all that Christ is to us, right? 
That's what, that's what happens. We've got to learn to deny self, to die to self, so we can live completely for him. And then when we do, there's such a great blessing in that, brethren, such a great reward, such great joy and peace and pleasure awaits people that will truly give their all and, and give that sweet surrender to the Lord. So let me ask about the name of Jesus, brethren. I want every one of us to answer this. You can't answer it for your neighbor. Ask yourself this. Is Christ everything to you? Is he your all in all? Augustine said years and years ago, Christ is not valued at all unless he be valued above all. Have you given your life completely to him? How do you do that? Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11 says that. Back up just one minute. I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't mean to get ahead of you. You were, you were in the right place. I went ahead, okay? Philippians 9 through 11. <clears throat> For this reason also God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Now, what should be our reaction to that? So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of the Father. How do you do that now, brethren? How do you bow your knee and, and give your life to the Lord? The Bible says, here's how you do it, okay? You've got to repent of your sins. The Bible says, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins shall be proclaimed in his name. Luke 24, uh, verse 47. And then you've got to confess. You all know what Matthew 10, 32 and 33 says when Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. If you deny me before men, then I'll deny you before my Father. And then you must be baptized into Christ. Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized in what? In the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, brethren, if we'll do this and then we remain faithful to God, here's one of the many marvelous promises that God gives to us in Revelation 3, verse 5. Listen to this, what Jesus says about his people. He who overcomes will be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life, and I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Brethren, I don't want my name erased, and I do want Jesus to confess my name before my heavenly Father. Don't you want that? Let's be sure and confess his name while we're on this earth, while we stand and sing.